Hello everybody, welcome to MHTV. Really pleased to have you with us tonight. And before we get started, we're sending love and hugs to Vanessa, who's a poorie with COVID at the moment. Um, but we've been joined by two fantastic presenters, and obviously Dave is here. Um, so um, let's go around and actually introduce them. What we'll be talking about today is um, welcoming students to university, and we were looking at that from all the different kind of aspects and perspectives. So um, first of all, can I ask Alfonso, could you introduce yourself, please? Yeah. Thank you, Nikki and David. Uh, I'm Alfonso Petzella, and I am a lecturer in mental health at Middlesex University. And Adrian? Hi, I'm Adrian Job Doyle. I'm also a lecturer at Middlesex University, uh, working alongside Alfonso and Nikki. Fantastic. And and Dave, did you want to introduce yourself for anyone who's never uh, seen you live before? Okay, yeah, I'm Dave Monday. I'm lead professional officer with the United Union in the health sector, and I lead on mental health there. So just getting started, for anybody who's out of that kind of like education cycle, just to be aware that um, our new nurses are starting over the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's a time of a real transition for all students. Um, so whilst we're going to be looking at nursing students, we're going to be looking at the experience of students more generally and, and seeing what we can do to be supportive of them. So if you are a student, please feel free to contact us and join in. If you are a um, person who's looking out for students, either as a nurse in practice or somebody who has a student in their family. We're going to be talking about some of the things that you can just keep your eye on. Um, and as we go through, Dave will be um, supporting people to join in and facilitate kind of the social media side of things. So Dave, did you want to tell people how they can join in on social media? Absolutely. There's a couple of options tonight. Uh, one of them is on Twitter. So if you want to tweet, just use the hashtag MHTV. We'll be keeping an eye out for that uh, hashtag tonight and we'll try and bring in any comments or questions that are shared on there. Uh, the other option is to do it on the Facebook live feed. Uh, and again, all you need to do is pop in any comments or questions you've got uh, and we'd love to hear back from you. Absolutely. So let's get started and we'll have a trip down memory lane to get us started. So for anyone who's watching along at home, have a think about your first experience as um, a student coming away to study. And we'll just pop around the group. So does anybody in the group have anything they want to share about their own experiences of, of coming away? Was it a, was a happy time, a difficult time? How was it for you guys? I don't mind starting, um, if you want me, Adrian. So um, that was quite some time ago now. I think I started university in 2008, uh, which is also the same year that I moved to London. So um, a little bit of mixed emotions, of course, because I was coming from Italy, moving to London, um, didn't speak English um, that well, uh, at least um, my um, my my grammar wasn't very good and my listening i was not used to listen to english people so uh, i was very excited of course uh, starting a new life in a new country and so on started university and i remember the first day ever whilst i was at uni i remember myself and it's something that i will never forget because I, re I remember myself in this big hall on campus with all these people around me, and I just felt lost. I felt, where am I? What am I doing here? I don't know anybody here. Uh, I don't even understand what they're telling me because they were speaking a different language. And I was quite scared. Um, I was very close to dropping out already and go back to my country in Italy. I said, maybe I should have never moved here in London. What am I doing here? Um, so I was quite lucky because I had quite a lot of people to support me. Of course, my partner was there uh, and he was supporting me the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also had amazing lecturers at uni. And of course, mm-hmm. we had amazing services who I could go to. But the particular support I received was from my friends at uni when I started making mm-hmm. friends, when I finally started to meet people. Um, some of those friends, I'm still friends with them now, which is great. Uh, and they're my best friends in London. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my memory, really, um, how I moved from a different country, from a different school, even different language, and in in a new environment, which mm-hmm. is quite frightening for our students. It mm-hmm. can be quite scary, but at the same time, there was that excitement of starting something new, or starting new knowledge, uh, new skills that I was getting, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's me for now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Adrian? What was it like for you? I remember the first day we all went to this big auditorium, much like old Fonso, and I was looking around and everyone else seemed to have their stuff together. And it was me thinking, I'm the only one who's nervous. Am I in the right place? And I think only when you settle down for the first couple of weeks, you realise everyone's rough in the same boat. Um, with nursing, when I did my training, probably the same with you, Nikki, because we're only six months apart. You had two different groups. You had those who just left their A-levels. And then you had the most uh, experienced people who are doing this as a second career or from a healthcare assistant as a second career. And you start learning about other people and you realise, actually, we're all very similar, but we're different and we're going to enjoy this time together. I do remember um, our first couple of weeks just trying to fit in and having this new identity of what is a university student. My intake was an it was a March intake. So the university was up and running. So and we never had freshers week. So it was already busy. So it's just trying to get yourself involved in that already busy university, finding the, the union bar, finding the rooms, where September students often have it a little bit easier because you've got the welcomers already there to guide you. So mm. I don't say we had a baptism of fire. It was just a very busy first two months trying to mm. get you to that university. The benefit mm. of that, though, is we had the campus to ourselves in the summer, though. So we had the, the same experience in, a, in the smaller groups. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those right to passages that um, definitely just change you, change you. You'll always tell people you remember your days at uni, but you go from a teenager who relies on mom, dad, friends to someone mm-hmm. who actually now has to cook their baked beans and toast by themselves, wash up the dishes themselves. If they don't leave it, it's in their room and they have to tidy it all up. Those mm-hmm. little things you learn the hard way about mm-hmm. being self-sufficient. Yeah. So, I mean, you're both talking about that kind of self-sufficiency from quite different perspectives, aren't you? So, you know, Alfonso has made this massive transition to, I mean, it's so brave to go into a different country and just do so many mind-blowing things. I don't think I would have been able to do that at that age. I really don't think so. And then from, from you, Adrian, talking about this idea about you change, don't you, um, from seeing yourself as someone who's dependent to someone who's independent. So alongside all the other stuff you're supposed to be understanding and learning, there's that kind of like human growth that's taking part, place as well, which is really challenging. Dave, dare I ask if you remember anything? <laughs> yeah, that, I suppose it was funny when Adrian said that, you know, you mm. don't forget. I, I think my memories probably are a bit more uh, forgotten, uh, not particularly because they were bad or good, just because you know I've not got that good a memory of, of things. I think the the thing that probably as I you know think about it now uh, is the the real change that hit me that I was one of those people that went in straight after secondary school. Uh, I'd been to an all boys school uh, and I went into a course where uh, it was the degree route for. Um, health visitors so it's three years uh, nurse training then one year to become a health visitor on top of that uh, and I think out of a class of 40 I was one of three 
uh, men. So it was a real kind of, you know, baptism of fire of yeah. going to a completely different environment. And I think uh, on top of that, you know, going not just into the kind of the academic academic space, but also the the placement space that you know I hadn't done a lot had a lot of experience in in the past. Uh, and I remember my first day on my first ward, Stepping Hill Hospital, uh, sitting down to a handover, uh, and the first thing that someone said to me, a, a, a nurse had just come back off the maternity leave, uh, and she said to me, "Could I just sort of make sure that she wasn't leaking?" because uh, she was breastfeeding a child at that point. Uh, and I just kind of remember thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I, you know, sort of entered into? You know, yeah. what, how, how on earth yeah. am I going to cope with this? Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I've, I've coped pretty well, but it, it was it was a really kind of kind of shocking experience in, in some respects. Because were you 18 uh, at that time? Yeah, yeah. So an 18-year-old lad from an old boys' school. <laughs> it's an interesting started conversation. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and and hopefully I coped okay with it. But I, I think one of the things that that really hit home was kind of going into that different environment where you know people, you know, being in an, an all, pretty much all female cohort, where it just felt like everyone was constantly talking, uh, and I just, you know, I just wasn't used to that and I found that quite a difficult transition to make you know sort of going from just wanting to sit and listen and, and not saying much to sort of you know being brought out myself a little bit and and, and getting involved and I think to be fair you know one of the the ways that I did that was by becoming a rep for the course at one point uh, and that really helped me to kind of you know transition into someone that could kind of speak to to this huge group of, of, of women and you know try and cope a bit better than, than maybe I did at the start. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of students will be in that situation when they'll be coming into maybe a situation which is dominated by a different gender or a different culture, and that will be a really big change for them. And if it, um, for me, <clears throat> my first um, degree was um, I went up north to study history, and no one in my family had really gone to uni before. And what I really experienced was, I think a lot of people's families were really excited for them to go to university, and mine were. Mine were well, they didn't know what it meant, not really. And so they didn't really know how to support me. And I think it made some people feel quite anxious. So I had that kind of like identity shift in that I was a very working class person, suddenly in an environment that maybe didn't understand me very well on, on my experiences. And that was, you know, I, I don't think I ever felt like I didn't belong there because on my first day I was studying history and English. So you can imagine I'd done all the reading I was like so I was so excited to go. I just wanted to go, experience it. I couldn't wait. I was like a bullet out of a gun. And I was looking around and there was this very kind of like posh guy there who looked like he should be at university. And he sat down in front of me and we were reading um, Don Quixote, the, the book by Cervantes. And he sat down and he opened his like amazing like paper kit. He got all this, all the right kit and everything. And he just wrote down Don Quixote. And I thought, this guy has not read this book. It is not about a donkey called Hoti. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I thought, like, I got here because I learned stuff and because I tried. I Nobody belongs anywhere. You just get to where you work to get to. And so I think for any students who are turning up thinking that maybe they don't belong, if you're here, you belong. You know, don't, don't waste a second more of your time wondering whether you fit in or wondering whether everyone is going to find out at any minute that you're not smart enough or you're not this or you're not that. You're already here. That's done. Move to the next step. Don't waste your energy on trying to 
second guess what other people are going to think of you because there's no point to do that. And again, as Adrian said, when I went to study nursing, I was one of the old people. I was like 22, 23. I was like, compared to everyone else on the on the um, course, I was ancient. And then we were like going out for the first time, um, which we were sort of exploring themselves for the first time. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake, kids are doing my head in. <laughs> so I had a very different experience the second time. But it was, it was quite a quite a strange set of, um, yeah, all sorts of factors coming together, I think, for the second time. Um, and I was a lot more prepared. And I think if you are a student who's had um, studying experiences before, just be kind and compassionate to those people that are walking in and have no idea what to expect. No idea what to expect. So thinking about some of the issues that you saw, that you see in your practice um, for people who are making that transition as people and as students, um, what sort of the main issues do you think are that students are facing at the moment? And students, if you're at home listening, do join in and tell us. I, I don't like using the word COVID as a, as a starting block. I think definitely this, there's something different this time around when it comes to students. I think us as university academics, we, we're learning. We've done a year or so online. We're trying to come back to this new approach of hybrid teaching. Um, I think the traditional university student experience is going to be different this year. We are going to try our best to have seminars and lectures, but a lot of it will be done online. Uh, I think we're going to also start using a lot more technology, which is probably different from before. Nursing never saw themselves really as a technical technical speciality. Uh, but I think now a lot of the sessions we're doing will be remote learning or web-based. So this is definitely new. Um, but also what I found out is it's taken a bit of time for the university to actually come into the 21st century because schools have been doing this for quite a while. We've been quite traditional in the way in which we've delivered. Uh, so actually for the students to, I think for them to understand that we're playing catch up as well. So the experience will be different. I think there will be mistakes, but one thing I know most universities are very, very good at is this welcoming and keeping trying to get students within their community. Every university will talk about their community. We, we look after our students. We want our students to, to belong. And I think for me, try and accept that. Try and accept that you are going to be part of this community where you're going to have different types of people, different backgrounds, as Alfonso rightly said, different mm. ages of students. Um, and expect, also understand that people come from different backgrounds. So as Nikki said, you've got the most studious of students. You've got those that have passed and struggled and got their way through. But we were all here on our own merit and I think acknowledging that everyone is different is quite a big and I found it quite a big challenge to acknowledge that why am I studious but the guy who's in the room next to me is partying all night these kind of things is learning about yourself and learning that everyone's different uh, but it's nice I think um, you learn the world is big and it's different and there's, whilst there's no better or best everyone is different and you can learn I think for me that's the first week first two weeks that's the best, best learning you can do, just trying to accept who you are and everyone is learning as well. Get that community. Mm. What do you think some of the issues are, um, Alfonso, that you notice? I think that uh, as well as what Adrian has said, which I completely agree with, um, I think that at times we, we tend to think about students as if they're like a being, it's like their own culture. But we often forget the students are human just like us. And us as academics, we're trying to create this, these boundaries, which, of course, they do need to be there. The students do need to see us as the people who are teaching them. Of course, we learn from students as well. So I think we do need to acknowledge that our students do bring on their own knowledge. 
Uh, but in terms of some of the issues that I can think of, I think we could, we could almost separate them uh, almost like, the, of course, they have personal um, issues and personal challenges, maybe in their personal lives, maybe their families and what's going on in their mm -hmm. personal life. But as well, in terms of as, as, um, as, um, as, um, academic issues, things like essay writing. I remember I've never written an essay in my whole life. I didn't even know what this essay meant. I actually had to use Google Translate to see what essay actually meant in my own language. And even students who are born here in the UK, they may not know what an essay is, or, or at least they don't know what uh, writing for university actually looks like. So these are some of the issues and what I could recommend to, to students is that don't worry, you will learn. Your, your tutors will be there to support you. And we have a lot of services like academic writing, uh, essay structures, tips, and so on. So you will learn this thing. So it, it doesn't matter if your first essay, maybe a uni, it's not gonna be a first, it's not gonna look great because you will get better and you will get to that stage of writing particularly. Mm, absolutely. Well, we can dig into kind of academic skills in, in, a, in a bit, because I think that it's gonna be a, so in the course of students, a lot of, Concern, but I just wondered if anyone had any um, more thoughts about um, any kind of recommendations, even for students when they're first coming through the doors for uni. I I would say, based on my personal experience as well, is be yourself first of all. Be yourself. Be your authentic self or your professional authentic self. So bring yourself to uni. Don't hide who you are. Bring your your culture. Bring your your gender identity. Your sexual identity bring who you are, people will accept you for what you are and who you are. So don't be afraid to show, uh, I know it's gonna sound like a cliche, but show your true colors. Mm. Uh, and we will appreciate us uh, as academics, we will appreciate you for who you are. Um, and do tell us if there, are, uh, if there is anything that we need to be aware of um, in terms of supporting you. Mm. What are you gonna say, Adrian? I, I, I'd agree, I think. Authenticity is very difficult at university when you're standing on your own two feet to try and follow the crowd and believe that, every, as I said, everyone's got their stuff together, but and you go to the pub with everybody every night. And if that's mm. not you, that's not you. I think being true to yourself, you'll get the best experience. The good thing about universities is, or are, you've got lots of societies. And if you find societies that you want to go to, so it, it could be as simple as, um, a, 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 a culture, a sport, a walking group, whatever, do it because you're going to find like-minded people in those groups. Um, and I think a lot of people are scared in the first couple of, first year to begin with that I won't fit in. But no, I think if you if you want to be true to yourself, go and find groups. You'll you'll easily find friends who, who will be friends for life. Um, and also, don't be scared to make that first hello, my name is to any of the fellow students. They're equally as nervous as you. Um, for many people, it is the first time they've gone away and left home or gone to the university. So, yeah, just be open and honest. Even if you want to start that conversation with the next person next to you and see how it goes. Dave, did you want to add to that at all? Yeah, I think one of the things I would encourage is, is that a bit about thinking forward to how you'll feel as a, a registered practitioner and the kind of the weight of the kind of responsibility that that puts on your shoulders. And think about the fact that as a student, you shouldn't have that weight of responsibility because you're not the registered practitioner. You're not the person that has to be responsible in charge of, of, of you know, delivering care. And so sort of take that opportunity to ask questions, mm -hmm. to 
to to sort of say that you don't know the answers to things uh because you know when you when you do qualify you do kind of feel much more that you've got to be the person that has the answer to that so mm. kind of considering that being a student does afford you that opportunity uh, and that's certainly what I encourage students that come out with me, you know, into in practice that, you know, when I'm asking them questions, don't be afraid to kind of say, well, I don't know, because I'm the student, you know, and and that that kind of that that should be an opportunity to to feel quite free in doing that, because that, that freedom doesn't feel like it. It lasts forever. Uh, and also, you know, I, I, I quite funnily, you know, working at the vaccination centre. Uh, had quite a few students out with me over the last few months and kind of there's been times when we've had such quiet days and some of them have kind of said how you know they're sad about it not being a, a rich enough experience and I think it is that bit about taking each opportunity even in uh, times when you feel like nothing is happening use those opportunities to learn things, you know, dive deeper into experiences. Uh, because, you know, when you do qualify, when you are working on, say, a, a ward or out in the community and you feel like, you know, there's too much work to do with too little time, you know, it's a shame not to have taken those advantages when you're a student. So I, I think I'd, I'd kind of encourage that kind of consideration with, you know, going into practice. Mm. I guess one of the things that I think, I feel like, like I'm super mean now compared to Adrian and Alfonso, which they probably would agree with. <laughs> I would say um, decide when and what you share with who you share it. Because when you come to uni, you're going away and it's a very heady experience because you can be somebody new. You know, and I think if you've, if you've had to sort of manage um, your personalities or, your, or the way that you are in, in your home life, suddenly coming somewhere where nobody knows you can feel like a really heady experience. And because you're up and you're staying, you're meeting people at the same time, you might just tell people all sorts of things. And my feeling is just go careful with that because um, you can only share it once and you can never take stuff back. <laughs> so do I mean about how mean I am? Um, I think absolutely be yourself. Absolutely share who you are, but decide who you're going to share that with because you don't have to tell everybody everything. And it can feel very exposing sometimes. And the other thing I would say is make a difference between who you tell things to. So suppose you're in a classroom setting and you have had a past history of mental health issues or you have dyslexia or something that maybe causes your anxiety or you're worried about sharing a personal experience with other people or an identity experience, then go slow with that. You don't have to tell people, you know, just because you're on the same course as someone, you know, in a great situation, you'll be friends forever, but you might never see them again. So think about how, and you'll have to live with them for the next three years, probably. So think about how and when you share that information. But what you, I think I would say very differently is make sure that your academic team know who you are. So if you are uh, coming out, if you have a need of some kind that you need for us to know about, tell us, we won't judge you for that. If you are struggling maybe with dyslexia and you've never had that tested before, you're suddenly looking and everyone else seems to be getting something quicker than you, go for a test. If you think actually everyone else is understanding this or everyone else knows how to even reference, I don't. Don't hide out from that stuff, that discomfort. Let somebody know and let them help you. And it can feel kind of exposing when you're in a new place with new people and you may, you may, you always imagine you're the only one who doesn't get it or the only one who's different or the only one who's experiencing what they're experiencing. And I guess, you know, that's true. No one else is you. But for things like, you know, past history um, of, of mental health issues, things that you need for people to know, that's fine. Tell us that it doesn't dis 
disbar you or, or it doesn't push you away from nursing or healthcare or anything like that. It makes it another perspective that you have when you're helping other people. But please don't keep it to yourself um, because we can support you. Um, and again, if you think you've got a learning need, tell someone straight away and we can just put all that stuff in. You don't have to you don't have to start 10 blocks back from everybody else. We can put stuff in practice to help you move forward. Sorry, I spoke over you then. No, I was, I was trying to sorry. sorry. But I would agree, I would agree because I, I, I am dyslexic. I, I, I've never hidden that from any of my colleagues, but I only formally got uh, assessed as I joined academia. And what I, what I realised is it was taking me longer to mark people's work. Uh, the, the technical language wasn't right. The it was, sorry, wasn't the problem. It was just getting that flow. My one of my big regrets is not actually having that assessment done earlier because um, looking at how the universities regard dyslexia or learning difficulties is completely liberating compared to what my experience was at primary school or secondary school where. Uh, Adrian wasn't the brightest, he couldn't read quickly, uh, Adrian was quite abstract. At university, those are actually good facets to have the ability to think outside the box. What I needed was just that extra time and the extra support of perhaps um, using headphones to talk into the computer to type my assignments for me then to re-edit. It's given me the opportunity to actually feel as if I'm on a level playing field. So definitely university can be something to change you. Uh, to make you realise that actually I don't have weaknesses. The university can help me change that potential weakness into something that makes me equal, if not who I really, really am. Um, mm. It's really odd. I felt I felt more liberated with that diagnosis of dyslexia. Mm. Uh, and as an academic, you all know I don't hide it in the office, and I'll tell students straight away that definitely mm. go and get those get the assessment done because I wouldn't want anyone to struggle as I had to struggle when actually I'm not thick. I just needed a bit more time or a bit of time just to process before I got my work down. Mm, but definitely, definitely, I think accessing those student services or as Alfonso says, the learning services, utilize mm. it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, uh, we've got some questions coming. So um, first of all, hello, thank you, Mushtag. Um, but uh, we've got some questions, so, uh, and I think this is one particularly I would say for Alfonso because it's what advice would you give to a new MSc student that's starting in a week's time? Because obviously they're in a very different um, situation because they've done study before. So if you're coming in to study at a higher level, particularly if you've got loads of clinical skills, but maybe a little bit anxious, maybe about the academic side, what would you say there, Alfonso? The first thing I would say is probably, and I know it's going to sound obvious, but don't panic. Although you, you may think that you know the system already, you know the university. Studying for postgraduate level is still a different experience. It's not the same as undergraduate. Um, but at least the, the anxieties that, that will be taken away from you, I guess, it will be around your academic writing and the ways that you already know some of the systems, like how to write an essay, maybe how to do um, a research report and things like this. But one of the, the biggest tip I think I would give them is take everything as um, as you as you were told, basically, day by day, what's happening and make sure that you read and follow the instructions that you are given from your program leader, from your module leaders. It will be quite a lot because studying for a master, which is only two years, can be quite intense. You're going to have quite a lot of modules um, and I'm not trying to scare you. Uh, but that's the reality. It's um, it's more intense than maybe an undergraduate, and the deadlines are a little bit more strict and a little bit more uh, stuck together. 
So make sure that you um, have have a plan, have like um, a schedule of things that you know what's what needs to be submitted first and work on that. And then already know by by looking ahead what's coming next and start working on that a little bit day by day. You do have to use a little bit of your, of your self-learning and independence. That's something that you are expected as a, as a, as, as a master student. Uh, we want a little bit more independence from you as well. But don't worry, we are here to support you and we will support you throughout your entire journey. And I think a lot of what, what Alphonse was saying about master's study is really relevant for anybody starting. And again, there's a lot of this stuff about organisation. Because I think when you're first sat, and people were talking about being sat either on a massive Zoom call or a, a massive lecture theatre, the information just hits you like a tidal wave. And it's really hard to differentiate what's important and what isn't. But if you get your module handbooks and you find out who you're supposed to contact in an emergency, save that. When you've got a hand stuff in, put that in your diary. And then a month before, this is what I do because I forget everything. A month before, remind yourself, you haven't done that thing you're supposed to do. And it's due in a month. So um, I, I give myself an extra reminder. Um, and the other thing is then get to grips with the assignment and make sure that you absolutely understand, as Alfonso said a couple of times now, you absolutely understand what you've been asked to do and just do the thing that you've been asked to do. Because often students complicate an assignment that they don't need to. Um, I think it's a lot to do with the curse of WhatsApp. So I love me a bit of WhatsApp. But if you want to know how to pass an assignment, ask the person who set it do not ask somebody else who doesn't know. And I know that sounds really obvious, but you see these kind of like cyclones of anxiety that, that are often WhatsApp fueled, where people go, no, no, I've heard this, I've heard that. And it's like a rumor mill. It's like it's written in the module handbook. Just read that or ask the person who said it. Don't ask anybody else. Um, we've got another bit here. So um, any tips, resources um, and things you've learned from feedback or your own experiences? So is there anything that you would want to share there? Adrian? Um, I think Alfonso talked about planning. I'll, I'll let Alfonso continue on planning because he's more organised than me. But when it comes to um, feedback from your assignments, definitely read your feedback. Um, you've worked really hard to work on that and submit it. We have given time to read it and to critique it. Um, don't just read the positive and the grade. Actually read the constructive uh, feedback we're giving there because that is there and designed to help you progress. Uh, simple ones I know we always seem to write is improve your referencing or um, you, you need to look into this into more detail. We're not mm -hmm. saying that because it's boring. We're saying that because you've got good themes here. If you expanded that, you can go from, let's say, 50% to 60% quite simply. Uh, mm -hmm. So definitely from a feedback point of view from academic work, read your mm -hmm. feedback from your, uh, from your academics. Also, while you're in that, uh, don't hesitate submitting drafts. Um, a lot of students, and I was one of those, were too proud to submit a draft because I knew what was going on. Once I started submitting drafts, my grades just went up because I'd actually shown my lecturer, these are the things I wanted to do, and this is my journey from A, B, C, D. What do you think? They won't mark it, but they'll say, actually, how about considering this point here? And actually, you don't need to focus so much on that. Continue there. And that was enough for, to keep you on the straight and narrow. So mm. definitely try and use uh, formative feedback or some draft submissions to guide you for your final assessment. Mm -hmm. We've got a question here and um, anyone can jump on it. Um, uh, how to be an effective student? What advice have you got? 
to be really, really good at being a student and to get it sorted. I could do a very quick one. Um, I think, all right, I think if you can start building some routine, so have a fixed place to, to study. Um, I have a room, I find that's my best place to study. And then I can shut that room or shut that area and then it's the rest of my life. Mm. Unfortunately, my wife is her room, her place to study is on the dining room table. But that's still her place to study. But definitely have somewhere that is your place to for your uh, for you to study. Mm. And for me, it goes back to circadian rhythms. Find where you learn your time for learning. Some people mm. are early birds. Some people are late. Uh, and I'm more of a late person. I do better work late in the afternoon and in the evening. So learn those two things: space and your best time to study. Alfonso, any study tips? Yeah, I think I just want to pick up what um, Adrian said, which is, I think it's a, it's a great tip for everybody, is find your own learning style, because we are all different. And again, from my personal experience, and even now, I, I at times saw my friends on the programs that um, the academic tutor was, was talking and they were there writing notes. They were recording their notes, they were writing so fast, and they were just putting everything down. And I start feeling a little bit anxious saying, why am I not taking notes? Why can I cannot take notes? If I'm listening to them, I can't take notes. I just take one or two key keywords, but I my my notes look nothing like them. They they have these amazing notes. And I would say it worked for me. It worked fine for me. I was able to go back to my whatever notes I had, and I was able to recall the information that I needed to from my keywords, my prompts. So don't don't look at what other people are learning and don't necessarily follow what they're doing because it may work for them, but it may not work for you. So find your own learning way and your learning style. Do what's best for you and you know what's best for you. Obviously, you're not going to know maybe in your first or second week, but you will slowly, slowly, you will learn what's best for you. Uh, manage your time effectively. I think that's the most important one. Uh, all, all of the deadlines, attending um, sessions, yeah. online classes now, on campus, uh, you may have a workshop, you may have a lab and so on. So make sure that you manage your time effectively and you know what works best for you. You know when you have to do things. Of course, don't miss any classes because that's important, particularly if you want to become a nurse, uh, it's part of your NMC hours. So make sure that you'd never miss um, a class. So time management, I think it's my other tip as well. Fantastic. Dave, did you want to add anything to that in terms of study skills? Yeah, I think Alfonso very much stole my one because I was very much someone that liked to leave things to the last minute. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's probably a good idea to know who, what kind of student you are, but also mm -hmm. to know about the the limitations that that will place on 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 what you're doing. Uh, and, and just as an example, you know, throughout my three years, I would leave things to the last minute, but I just knew that I couldn't do that with the dissertation because if I was going to leave it to the last minute, I just was never going to get it finished. So it was kind of recognising that I did need to be much more structured and, 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 and get that bit, you know, done in a completely different way to, to how I, mm. I, I normally did things. Mm. Uh, and happily that that worked for me for that. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I think they're really important. And mm. I, I think the other thing as well is kind of working out which things really excite you with things that you're really passionate about and try and weave those into the things that you have to do so you can try and sustain kind of the energy much much better 
Uh, and things like, you know, it's funny that speaking to some colleagues who were doing dissertations, for example, on subjects that they just had no real interest in uh, versus those that absolutely loved what they were doing. And, you know, you could absolutely see the, the difference in energies of, of both sides. So, you know, don't don't forget how important it is to enjoy what you do and find that enjoyment from things that maybe you wouldn't enjoy straight away. Mm. We've got a question here that you may, guys, you may want to dodge, which is, what do you wish that you'd done differently during your university years? <laughs> Please don't anyone say anything to get them struck off. <laughs> I think the, I'd go back to one of the, I think it was Adrian said before about, uh, you know, getting involved in clubs and societies at the university. I very much didn't do that. And I kind of feel now a bit sad that I didn't sort of have some of the experiences that I know others did. I think one of the reasons that I sort of didn't do that was that I didn't uh, I didn't live in the university. I, you know, I, I studied close to home, so you know it wasn't something that that kind of I had to do. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of feel a, a bit sad that I missed out on that bit of, of university. But you know, I, I coped. They're asking review too. <laughs> I think I, I very much, uh, like David said, um, around the same things. I never engaged in like social events apart from my very, I, literally I had three friends on the course that I would go out with. Other than that, I would never engage with any social events, pubs and things like this. And I think to me it was slightly different, but I'm, I know that there are other people who may be experiencing this. Of course, I'm gay. Uh, and I wasn't out to anybody, to my family, to my friends. So that to me was my own, my own limitation saying, I don't want these people to find out who I really am because it's something that I have to hide, unfortunately. So something I would do differently, year one straight away, come out to everybody. Maybe not, I don't know if I would be able to, but that's some advice I, I could give to some people say, if you can be yourself and engage in social events, they're so important. Um, mm. It is something that I do regret, unfortunately, uh, that I wish I did go to social events a little bit more. Um, but I'm, I'm catching up now. So I didn't do any of the university um, groups, but I don't know about you, Nikki. Um, we lived at the, at the hospital, so we had the social club. So the activities were there. So that wasn't so much of an issue. I think for me, don't be so tough on myself over the, over the three years. Mm. Learn, to, learn to love that independence. Um, finding that identity, that identity as an adult, took a lot longer than it should have done because I, I still was quite rigid in my thoughts. Um, why aren't people studying? I'm the only one who's studying. Um, this is a really important profession, as Dave said. Why did I take the mantle of trying to be a professional when I was a first year student nurse, trying to learn the profession? Mm. Only when you start realising, actually, I am a student nurse then I started enjoying it a lot better because I was there to learn, go on to placement. What do you want to learn? I want you to show me whatever you can, but I, if I'm doing nephrology, can you teach me as much as you can on kidney and liver disease? And then I became a better student. So not being so mm. tough on myself in the first mm. year to find that identity. Mm. I don't regret anything I did and I probably should have. That's my problem, I guess. So when I was a student doing English and history, I went for a hell for leather. And when I was a student nurse, I did that to my max as well. But I think one thing to just remind students of is those are very different courses. Those have very different expectations. 
What you can get away with as an English history student is pretty much everything. What you can get away with as a nursing student is pretty much nothing. So do bear in mind that the university experience for professional practice is very different from just like gadding off to um, explore yourself and your options, should we politely say. So do, do remember that. And particularly we live in an age where, you know, social media is so prevalent. There's literally no way that you're going to get away with anything. Not that I think you guys are out to do that. I know that you've come to nursing because you want to be nurses. But just remember that um, you want a professional practice course. And whilst you're surrounded by kind of like a university culture that can push people towards maybe things that they don't even want to do, like uh, going out and socialising in pubs and, and doing things like that, because that's not everybody's bag. Um, bear in mind that you are focusing on something bigger than that. So it's fantastic you're a student. Have loads of fun. Um, enjoy yourself. But do be aware that you are... I'm not saying surveillance because that's a very grim way of putting it, but everyone around you has a phone. Everyone can record what you do. Everyone can post stuff on social media that maybe doesn't show you in your best, most compassionate professional life. So just bear that in mind because you're signing up for something that you need to be sure that you're committed to and that you care about more than like other stuff. And if you're going to be a nurse and if you're going to be in any health professional, health and social care profession, you have to always have that in mind. There are things that you can't do now. And um, I hope that that doesn't mean they're going to have a terrible time at university now. Again, why am I always the depressing one? But um, it's something for you to bear in mind because um, every university has a fitness to practice policy um, and every university is really cautious about guarding um, the professional um, reputation and responsibility of nursing because we are somebody who any anybody should be able to trust. And um, that means that we need to act in different ways. So I was really glad I did my courses around the way that I did. And I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. But I think that um, students just need to be aware of that. Um, and before we finish this, because I appreciate time's really got away from us, um, is one thing, though, because we all come to university to either teach or to, to experience university and have this amazing positive growth period of time. But it can be a rough, choppy sea for some people. So um, just a tip from everybody, what to do if you feel that you're struggling or you observe somebody around you who you think is struggling. So um, I'll ask whoever wants to jump in on that and we'll come to each of you about that. And then your kind of like final thoughts or anything you want to leave people with. But just right now is what, what do you think might be some good advice for somebody who's struggling at uni or someone who sees one of their colleagues struggling? I would say if you're struggling at uni, don't be scared to ask for help. Um, as Alfonso said, the, the two main people um, who will be your contacts would either be a module leader or the program leader. But in nursing, we definitely have the personal tutor model that is also another person that you can uh, talk to. Um, we are a caring profession <coughs> and we are there to help. And I think the difference between an 18-year-old in um, doing their A-levels and the someone going to university is huge. And I don't think you realize that until you're there. Um, the university lecturer will be there to support you, but you perhaps need to make that first move of, uh, I know you're busy, but can I, can I talk to you at the end of the, le the lecture about something? That's all you need to do to start that conversation. Mm. Um, if you don't want to talk to the lecturer, I'm probably taking someone's thunder here. Mm. Most universities do have those counseling services as well, which are free, confidential, and are a great way just to talk something out. Mm. So for me, do not be scared to make that first step to say, I need help. Uh, so that's me from a personal point of view, what, what I would recommend. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would just echo what Adrian has said uh, in terms of if a student is struggling, 
But from an academic point of view, maybe if uh, our colleagues are listening to us, I think that us as academics, as um, Adrian said, we do have a duty of care maybe for our students. Um, and we do need to try to know our students a little bit better and who they are and their experiences in their personal lives as well. And I say, uh, going back to my own experience as a student, if I didn't have one or two key people in my life to say, you can do it, keep going on, uh, you will learn English and you will do it, uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. I would still be in Italy. So I say to all of my colleagues who are listening, make sure that your students feel supported. Do check on them. We talk a lot about cultural competence. Let's use it. Let's check on our students, how they're doing. Um, we may not be able to do all of them, um, like to see how they're doing, but if we can, if we can spot anything, let's do it. And for the peers on the course as well, if you see your friends are struggling and if you see that uh, maybe they are a bit upset about something, uh, do talk to them and do reach out for uh, for academic colleagues as well. So go and talk to, to, to your lecturer and say, I'm worried about um, this person here. Mm, that's good. Dave, anything from you? Yeah, I, I think the advice I would give us on top of those is sort of, you know, being together as a group uh, that you're all experiencing, even though, you know, coming from different places, you're experiencing the same kind of uh, experiences. And, you know, if you do have that kind of solidarity amongst the group, then it sort of benefits you all. And I kind of think, you know, the experiences that I had at university where we faced problems as a student cohort, uh, we found it much better to solve problems as a collective than to solve them as, as individuals. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that that's something that's important, you know, as a, as, a, as a nursing fraternity that we, you know, we support each other and, and we help each other out because uh, not only does it benefit others, but obviously it benefits ourselves as well. Mm. Feels like you're suggesting maybe the students should join a union, Dave. Well, you could kind of see it as maybe along those lines. And like you I say, could, you know, yeah, yeah my, my interest sort of in, in trade unionism started a bit at university with that, you know, belief that, you know, we could solve yeah. problems collectively much better than we could as individuals. Uh, and, you know, it kind of worked for us that, you know, even though at times we were, you know, powerless, you know, we mm. could kind of you know, get the right things to happen because we came together and, and, and kind of created that power amongst us. Mm, absolutely. And don't forget as well, guys, you've got We Student Nurses on Twitter. You've got um, the kind of student minds, all those communities of people that are going through the same things that you are going through who can support and help you. And you can reach out to any of those guys. And it's, it's brilliant. I think that it's not just who you see in front of you in the classroom. It's actually a much broader experience. The other thing is, I would say, is if you know that somebody's struggling exactly as Alfonso and Adrian have said, um, make sure that somebody else knows, because sometimes you can get locked into just being the only person who knows that person is in trouble. And it can it can be a real pressure on you. And it's very dangerous for that other person as well. So please do. Um, if you see something that's making you worried or concerned, tell tell one of the lecturers. It may feel like you're sort of breaking in confidence, but to be honest, people's safety and well-being is the only thing that's really important. Everything else can be sorted out, apologise for whatever has to happen, but don't be carrying a big burden that you are really worried about at the start. Um, has anyone got anything else that they would like to say before we wrap up? Any last thoughts? I just want to say enjoy. Enjoy your yeah. your, your first few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Adrian, anything from you? Yeah, I think it's going to... 
anyone who's decided to become a nurse, midwife or anything, it's a great profession to join. Um, as Nikki rightly said, it, it does change you as a person because the NMC, whilst it's there, does guide you on uh, professionalism inside and outside of work. Um, but as Dave rightly said at the beginning, don't let it burden you. You're there to learn. Learn as much as you can. You'll you'll meet some wonderful people, staff, colleagues, but most of all, you'll meet some wonderful patients and service users mm. who will actually who you will remember for the rest of your life. Mm. They you'll share their good days, their bad days, mm. and it's a privilege to be in a profession where you can be so close to somebody, mm. um, care for them, mm. um, and also Dave probably as well. I, I did Project 2000, so I actually del delivered one baby. I had, and I know a lot of the student nurses now don't have that experience. But for me, yes, I've had two, two children, but delivering someone else's baby and trying to mm -hmm. monitor all those things is something that I would never, ever forget. So there mm -hmm. are some wonderful experiences you will get as a student nurse that mm -hmm. you will talk about for the rest of your yeah. life. Definitely. Dave, is there anything that you wanted to finish up with? Just to say, obviously, great episode tonight, but next week we have also got uh, the uh, Nurse Lifeline. Nurse Lifeline. Uh, they'll be uh, introducing their, uh, the offer that they're making to nurses. Mm -hmm. And that obviously fits in really nicely with some of the themes that we've had tonight, uh, you know, about nurses out there wanting to help each other, wanting mm -hmm. to support people who are having a, a tough time. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just kind of a nice sort of segue into it. Absolutely. So thank you very much, everybody. Um, thanks for spending time with us today. Um, hello, Callan, who's watching, apparently. <laughs> um, lovely to see you guys. Um, well done for participating. And thank you for coming to join us in nursing. Uh, take care and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>